Friends in Christ, there are many moments in the Gospels where the disciples of Christ are reprimanded or corrected, even sometimes rebuked for either their lack of faith sometimes or their lack of understanding of what he's trying to teach them and reveal to them. Yet the strongest rebuke we find in all of the Gospels is found this weekend in the exchange between Jesus and St. Peter. And so Jesus has revealed the Paschal mystery that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer, that he'll be rejected by the religious leaders, he will die and rise from the dead. And Peter immediately says, God forbid, Lord, that this should ever happen to you. And Jesus responds and says, get behind me, Satan. The strongest rebuke, the strongest words. He says, you are an obstacle to me. You're thinking not as God thinks, but as human beings do. And why is the rebuke that strong? Well, because the Paschal mystery is the most central mystery of our redemption. Certainly, all of the aspects of Jesus' life are redemptive. right? So he, he was the greatest moral teacher to ever walk the face of the earth. That is redemptive for us, his teaching. His life, all of it, is redemptive. The miracles that point to him as the Messiah belongs to our redemption. But central to us being saved by Christ and opening us up to eternal life with God is the passion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's why he was born, to suffer and die for the salvation of the world. You know, in Eastern iconography, Many times there are these images of Christ in Bethlehem at the manger scene. And so the Blessed Mother is next to him. St. Joseph is nearby. The ox and the ass are there. And Jesus, instead of being in a crib, is often depicted in a coffin. It's a, it's a little coffin that's being used to hold his body, which sounds very morbid, almost disturbing for us to think about. But the reason he was born was so that he could die and rise again and bring us home to eternal life. There's a beautiful poem written by T.S. Eliot called Journey of the Magi. It tells the story of the three wise men who come to Bethlehem to see the Christ. We hear about that story every Christmas. Well, they're descending into the valley of Bethlehem And one of them notices three trees off in the distance. It's reminiscent of the three crosses that will be put up on Calvary for Christ and the two thieves that are crucified with him. It's a premonition they have already that this birth is different. And they go there, as the gospel tells us, they they worship Christ. These were pagans 
They had worshipped false gods. They had a, a different way of life that they lived. But now they give everything over in love, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, certainly, but, but everything. They give their lives for Christ when they worship and adore him. And towards the end of the poem, one of them is reminiscing about what happened. And he says, we were led all that way for birth or for death. There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. And so he comes to realize that the old way of life he had lived is over. He has to die to that old way of seeing things and be born again in Christ, to enter into the death of Christ, to rise again with him. He says at the end of the poem, I should be glad of another death. And so already anticipating the end of this life where he will enter into eternal life with God. It's what the church calls us to in participating in the Paschal mystery. And so it's not enough for us to know that Christ suffered and died and rose again. The church wants us to participate, to be united with him, in that offering of love that he makes to the Father that flowers into eternal life, the resurrection. St. Paul is alluding to that mystery in the second reading we listened to this weekend. He says, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. And so certainly throughout the day, especially at times of prayer, we offer our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. But no more so than when we unite it here at the sacred altar to the body and blood of Christ. Jesus instituted the sacrament of the Eucharist so that we could participate in the Paschal Mystery. And so the night before he offered his body and blood on the cross, he took bread and wine and said, this is my body broken for you. This is the chalice of my blood that will be poured out for you. Take these, consume them, be united to me, and do this in remembrance of me. That we're called to do what Christ did and to participate in the Paschal mystery, in the suffering and death and resurrection, in that sacramental way. The Catechism of the Catholic Church puts it beautifully when it says the only perfect sacrifice is the one that Christ offered on the cross as a total offering to the Father's love and for our salvation. The only perfect sacrifice is that offering made by Jesus on the cross. But it goes on to say, by uniting ourselves with his sacrifice, we can make our lives a sacrifice to God. And that's what we're called to do in the Eucharist. That's what we're called to do when we gather 
as a community of faith around this sacred altar. We can ask ourselves today, what are the crosses that we bear that perhaps are overwhelming? What are the problems, the challenges, the difficulties that we're facing? We bring them here. We bring our joy, our hope, thanksgiving for the many things that we've been given. And we unite them all here to the one sacrifice of Christ that's offered up to the Father. And here in this place, Jesus renews us. He sanctifies us in the Paschal Mystery that leads us even now more deeply into intimacy with him and ultimately leads us home to eternal life with God. Mm-hmm.